Well, good morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. At my age, it's good to be any place. Well, I'm glad you're here. Hope and pray that you've had a good week. Lord's good. And He is mercy endureth forever. You might be turning your Bible to John chapter 1 for our lesson this morning. For you visitors, let me say that we finished up the book of Romans last Sunday. This church knows that the book of Romans is my favorite book, not because it's greater than any other word of God. All of God's word is true. All of it is inspired. But to me, the book of Romans is so plain. It tells us who we are. It tells us who God is. It tells us what we've got to do to meet God. And everybody's going to meet God. You're going to meet Him at judgment. You're saved, you meet Him at the judgment seat of Christ. You're lost, you're going to meet Him at the great white throne judgment. And I hope that you don't go there. I'm like it's already been said, Brother Chris, I don't know who's lost, who's saved. I, I'm encouraged by some of you that I see your fruits, and, and that's good. We're supposed, to be, we're supposed to be bearing fruit for the Lord. The book of John, as I stated already last Sunday, I want to get into it, and I was kind of inspired to go there because of some things that Brother Bell said. The mysteries of the New Testament. And he spoke on the mysteries of the New Testament last week. And it kind of came to my heart. Uh, there is a difference, not a different God, and not a different uh, a nature of man, but there is a difference in the way that God dealt with people from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Now, don't anybody get nervous. Same God, same depravity, uh, same heavens, same earth. But praise God, He sent us a greater, a greater message, I believe, in the New Testament. Now, I, I don't want anybody to get excited and run away, but the Old Testament saints were great. We've got uh, chapter 11 of Hebrews. Uh, I guess we'd call that the, the Hall of Honor, mention of those saints, and they were secure. But they, they, there was something about God that was missing with their life. Brother Tim has just taught us in, in, uh, about David's life. David was a great man of God. In fact, God said, David's a man after my own heart. But David had some problems, didn't he? And you and I have got problems, too. I'm not trying to say that, that we're perfect. We're not. 
But God gave us a better covenant. Now, I don't know how long, how much you've studied about this, but in the Old Testament, most of the blessings that God conferred on them were physical blessings. If you will obey me, I, uh, I will uh, give you the latter rain and the early rain, and one of you shall chase uh, a thousand of them, and, and uh, your, your cattle will have their young, and, and, and they're just on and on and on. Deuteronomy 32, verse 14 verses, just blessing, 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 blessing. But did you notice, and I'm okay with it, but I just want to talk about it a minute. Those are physical blessings. Now, in our, in our day, we beg for physical blessings too. I thank God every morning for food, raiment, shelter that he furnishes my body. And that is a blessing. That is a blessing. Because as I've said before, when you study mankind overall, from as far back as we have any history until now, most human beings either starved to death, died in war, died in prison, or died from some terrible disease. Now, now I'm not here this morning to talk down to you, but I'm just wanting us to understand God has sent a blessing upon us. One person said, well, uh, you don't think God is a, uh, 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 that, that he honors some people more than others, do you? I said, well, there must be something to that because he didn't let you get born in North Korea. He let us be born in America, and I'm not, I'm not up here shining for America's spiritual gloriness this morning, but at least we still have the we still have the freedom to come out and teach and preach out of a King James Bible and hear a man tell you, if you're lost, you need to be born again. You can't do that in North Korea. So I'm saying all this to talk about a difference in some blessings that God gave us in the New Testament. Now, I know, I know that the New Testament era was ushered in by the coming of Jesus Christ and God in his foreknowledge let the Lord Jesus Christ come to earth in what he called the latter times, in the latter times in Hebrews. And, and, but, but before the Lord came, faith was pronounced on people and, and they, they got faith by believing the word of God. Now, could I say this to you? The differences in the, in the Testaments, another difference is most redeemed people in the Old Testament were Jewish. Now, I didn't say no Gentiles were, were saved. I mean, we've got, uh, uh, we've got instances, but uh, as <clears throat> far as I know, God didn't send anybody to preach to Gentiles except Jonah, as far as I know. But, but when we come to the New Testament, it's to whosoever will. 
Let him come and take the water of life freely. That is a blessing. God in his sovereignty. And I'm not hard shell either, but I believe in the sovereignty of God. God in his sovereignty chose Abraham. And he chose Abraham, a man of faith. And he chose Abraham's people. <clears throat> but, but we, we found out in, in Romans chapter 9 that there were some people that were ordained to destruction. And, and uh, Calvinists like to go there and take that, but it's not, it's not what they say it is. It's not Jimmy Jones and Larry Smith. It's the Gentiles under the first covenant. But now, now it's to us, and praise God. Praise God that you could get in. I said before, and may I say it again, we're, now, I'm assuming everybody in here is Gentiles, and I'm not trying to be racial. But if you are a Gentile, what did your 75th grandfather back yonder have. See? Now, I'm just talking about, I'm talking about God's grace being offered. And I know, I know you could go to, you could go to uh, Moses' time and uh, where the, God told Moses, he said, when you get in the land, you instruct the people that if a Gentile comes, and wants to be part of Israel, the males will be circumcised, and he will take on him the law and live under it, and you shall count him as one in the land. I know they said that, but didn't many do it. But to us, to us, uh, as I've already said, it's whosoever will, let him come and take the water of life freely. See? And, and God, and, 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 and we're going to get into that, I won't get into it today, no doubt. We're going to get into the fact that God sent another power to our generation of people that they didn't have under the Jewish generation. And that was a calling of the Holy Ghost. And Brother Bell uh, 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 spent some time on that Wednesday night, and I appreciate his teaching on that because we need to know about the Godhead. We need to know what each, each person of Godhead does and what, what, they, uh, what they supply mankind. But Jesus said, except my Father which is in heaven, uh, 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 except he, he send the Holy Ghost, I'm paraphrasing, see, you won't come. And that's right. People won't come. How many people have you asked this week to come to church? And how many is here? You see what I mean? Now, I'm not, I'm not criticizing people, but I'm just saying. But except my Father which is in heaven, draw them. And uh, so, so we've got, and, and, you, and you Christians know this, we've got in our dispensation a calling power from God which he gave us in the, in the person of the Holy Ghost. And we, we sort of dwelt on that Wednesday night. Who is the Holy Ghost? What does he do? And, but, but they did. Now, now, don't get me wrong. And right here, I've got to be careful because people misunderstand. Right. 
The Holy Ghost was here under the, uh, in the Old Testament, but not as a comforter to believers. See, I mean, I mean, he came up on people. I was even reading in here uh, where Saul, uh, Brother Tim was kind of teaching in, in uh, over there about the kings of Israel, and, uh, and and Saul. It said the Spirit of God come upon Saul, but it didn't stay. Right, but we we when God saves you, He puts the Holy Ghost in your heart to dwell there. Now, that is supposed to make us live better lives than they could under the Old Testament for the glory of God. I didn't say you'd always do it. Because the Bible talks about quenching the Spirit. Of course, some of y'all had never done that, I guess. <laughs> but, but praise God. Praise God. All right. Let me, let me get into the lesson this morning. John chapter 1, and Brother Bell went over this quite well Wednesday night, so I'm going to go lightly on the first few verses, because uh, you already know that. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And repeating what he said, and I certainly agree, the Word was Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was the Word of God. The same was in the beginning with God. See? That's Jesus Christ. He was the Word back then. See? Now Jesus Christ was pre-incarnated and He visited the earth in the Old Testament, I believe. But He did not have a body prepared for Him until God overshadowed the virgin Read my lips. The virgin, not a young maid. And she bore a son. And what a blessing. You say, well, what's so much a blessing about, about a virgin having a son? Several things. Number one, he was not Adam's son. Me and you are. Me and you are. That means we're a partaker of Adam's nature, which is a fallen nature. See? We have a fallen nature. But Jesus Christ was not of the seed of Adam. He was the seed of God. Now, what did that do for us? Well, a lot of things, but may I mention two. Number one, it prepared him a body that he could die. God can't die. The Holy Ghost can't die. But it prepared him a body that he could die on Calvary's cross. Why was that needful? Because God needed and, de and demanded a perfect sacrifice to take away sin. Because we find out in the book of Hebrews the blood of bulls and goats could never take away sin. You say, well, Mr. Pollard, why did God require it? And he did require it. Because it was a pattern and a shadow of good things to come. And he wanted to impress on his people that it took a blood 
sacrifice to, to, to satisfy him. See, but it didn't take away man's sin. But Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, the Son of God, and he had perfect blood, and his blood could be shed for my sins and your sins and wash away our sins. Under the Old Testament, sins were not washed away. They were covered. And when you cover something with something, take the something away, it's still there. But according to Revelation 1.5, Jesus washed us in his own blood. Isn't that good? God honors that. Okay? The second reason that I want to mention that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin was that he could be a near kinsman to the human race. He got kin to me and you through Mary. And under the law, a rich man could redeem a poor man. Is that good? A rich man could redeem his poor neighbor. Jesus Christ redeemed me one day. He redeemed me. I'll get back to the word. I'm chasing rabbits, but it's feeling good. Oh, verse 3. All things were made by him. Well, without him was not anything made that was made. If we should go to Colossians, it says visible and invisible things. So Jesus Christ was the word of God, and he made all things. He made all things. See? Say, well, well, Psalm says he made even the wicked for the days of evil. I don't understand that, but I believe it. See? In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And that's an important verse. It's kind of small, but it's important. There is no eternal life outside of Jesus Christ. There's not any. Not any. Neither is there any other, for there is no other name given under heaven among men, whereby we must be saved. None other name. None other name. And I'm appalled at religion today. They've got all kind of gimmicks and, and tricks to try to get people to believe some kind of uh, dogma that don't do anything for them. And I'm not even criticizing them. I'm just trying to be good to them, let them know that it won't work. There's none other name given under heaven to get you to heaven but Jesus Christ. Why? Because God ordained it that way. See? And it's said here pretty often, let me repeat it, God made a Savior before he made a sinner. You say, how come him do that? It's his foreknowledge. It's his foreknowledge. See, God foreknew that me and you, you know, and, and, I, and I, I know I can't get in the mind of God, and I'm not even trying to, but think about God when he said, let us make man. Well, God, did you know man was going to sin? Sure. Did you know that man was going to leave you? Sure. 
Did you know that you're crowning uh, uh, creation was going to turn against you? Sure. But I got a remedy. But I got a remedy. See? And it's so sad to see that people will not, will not let you talk to them about this. See? I mean, I'm not trying to... Uh, I'm not trying to butt into their business and, and, uh, and trying to uh, politicize them into being what I am. I'm trying to warn people to flee the wrath to come. And I like that. That's what John the Baptist was doing. That's what these preachers are doing. That's what you're called to do. <clears throat> Who hath warned you to flee the wrath to come? <clears throat> what does that verse, what, does it, what kind of thought does it bring? It brings to us that, that there's coming a day of wrath. See, now I teach wrath in two phases. Now I'm, talking about, I'm talking about bad wrath. I know we have wrath every day, the standpoint of tornadoes, and, but I'm talking about in the God's word. There's going to be a wrath called the tribulation. It's going to be on this earth. Then there's going to be eternal wrath. And John is pleading with his people to flee that wrath. And you can flee it. And that's the good news. It's good news that you can flee wrath to come. All right? Okay. And him was life, and life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. What in the world is he saying? What is he saying? You see it every day. God has given America more light in the gospel than probably any other nation in 2,000 years. But as Isaiah said in 53, who hath believed our report? Who hath believed our report? They didn't believe Isaiah, and they're not believing you and I. And, and I'm sad about that. I'm not trying to say, oh, poor old me, they don't listen to me, and I'm, I'm going to quit. I don't mean it that way. I just mean they, they, do not, they do not listen to the gospel to their own peril. See? All right. Let the light shineth in darkness, and darkness comprehended it not. So light is here, but it's done been said by Brother Chris. Light is here, but it does you no good if you don't come to the light. See, I said the other day, Jesus met the ten lepers in the book of Luke, and they were hollering because they had to stay by themselves under the law. Jesus, uh, Son of David, have mercy on us. He hollered back and said, Go show yourself to the priest. Offer what Moses told. And as they turned, they were healed. What if they just said, We're not turning? See, you got to turn. You got to turn. You can't just sit, sit and hear the message and, and say, Well, uh, I hope it does something for me. By faith, move toward Christ. Brother Moise preached. 
Still remember it. If you will, he will. Okay? Next verse, verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now, I want to stop there a minute. <laughs> that is an important verse, like all of them are. There was a man sent from where? From God. God sent him. What was John the Baptist's message? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's look at Isaiah 40, just real briefly. You don't have to turn there unless you want to. Isaiah, Isaiah 40, verse 1. <clears throat> comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith the Lord. Speak you comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished and her iniquity is pardoned. For she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of him crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway of our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked hill shall be made straight, and the rough place, places plain. What's he saying there? What's he saying? He said, he said I'm going to change it. I'm going to change it. David was a man after God's own heart, but he had problems. He didn't, he didn't have God continually leading him. And he, and he got into trouble, and, and it was noted in Brother Tim's lesson. Uh, uh, when Nathan came to him, said, David, I had this man, you know, rich man, and he took the, young, the uh, poor man's sheep and offered it lamb, and David said, that man shall die. Okay, and, and, and that's what the law said. But then Nathan said, David, you're the man. And, and I, read, I read in that kindly, and I don't say it, but I kindly see David saying, what? What, what? what are you saying, preacher? What are you saying to me? You're the man. And he related, and, and, and after he related it to him, then, then he admitted, I have sinned, Psalms 51. But, but, see, now today, if you're shut under the gospel and you're not saved, the Holy Spirit will let you know that. And can I say this to you as your friend? I'm your friend now when I say this. Nobody ever gets saved that don't get lost. That's in the sight of God now, not in my sight. You've got to get lost. Well, how do I do that? The Holy Spirit convicts people of their sins. That's what Jesus said he would do. He will reprove the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come. Did you get reproved? I got reproved. Thank God, I'm still thanking him for reproving me because I was running from God hard as I could run. But the Spirit arrested me. See, I'm not special, I'm not special. But there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now John was going to preach a different message. 
And this Cali, this Cali scratches some people's itch, but the way I see it, you don't have to believe it. Under the Old Testament, a believer was not commanded to individually repent. Now the nation was, I know, you can find me that, the nation, yeah, Isaiah, repent, O Israel. But, but when God met Abraham and said, I want you to move to a land, do, do we find where Abraham bowed down and repented? And I'm, not, I'm not putting repentance down, I'm just saying that they, didn't, they didn't have to, they believed God. They believed him for righteousness back there. Well, we do too, but it's commanded to us to repent. He's now commanded all men everywhere to repent. See? Okay? Now, what does that have a bearing on this that we're talking about? Well, John the Baptist was going to come preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, that was to Israel. See? And so there was a man sent from God, and the same came for witness, to bear witness to the light, that all men, you might want to underline that word, A-double-L, in case you want to be a Calvinist, all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. See what Isaiah said about him a while ago? See, he was going to come. That was the true light which lieth every man that cometh into the world. One man said, well, if God lights him, don't that mean that, what, does that mean he'll be saved? No. No. When Paul was talking to Felix, what was Felix's attitude? What was Felix, uh, what was his feelings? Didn't it say he trembled? What, what was happening to Felix? The Holy Ghost was dealing with him, reproving him. He trembled. But far as we know, Felix never trusted Christ. See? So, so God lights every man that comes in the world. And, and, and we urge people, we urge people to respect that light. See, I told a person recently, I said, you tell, tell God in your secret times you're lost and tell him, ask him to show you what to do. Now, that's what I believe. See, because God gives you light. Now, don't turn the light away. Don't turn the light away. One man said, if God gives you light and you walk in that light, he'll give you more light. And I believe that's right. See, all right. He was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. Isn't that sad? We look around today and people, uh, uh, they're going right and left. They're, they're increased with goods and have need of nothing and never look up. And we are blessed. We are blessed in a physical sense in America. But, but where did it come from? 
What am I using what God gave it me? What am I using it for? See, I need to use it for the glory of God. See, I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for my health, for our visitors. The church had a lunch last Sunday for me for my 90th birthday. And uh, I tell them all the time, I didn't deserve it. God's been good to me. He's been good to me spiritually, and he's been good to me physically. Now, I don't look like much, but I cost a whole lot. And I thank him. I thank him more than once a day. And I know, I know, man, it's born a woman's few days before the trouble, and I didn't come here to stay. I know that. I'm going on one of these days. He don't show up. But, but, the world does not comprehend that the world does not, does not realize that they were made by God. See, we were talking last night at prayer meeting about a fellow that wrote an article and said people thinks that they made God instead of God made them. And they do. Go down among people and ask them. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think there might be a God. He's a good Joe. I'm on good terms with him. I had one feller tell me, me and him's on good terms. I said, really, where do you go to church? Oh, I don't go to church. Okay. Anyway, that's, that's the mindset that America's got, and I'm sad about it. But anyway, these preachers are trying to do something about it, and I appreciate that. He came to his own, his own received him not. But as many as received him, get it now, everybody, everybody focused in on this. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. See, you, you must, you were born once, and we'll get into that in chapter 3 if God lets me go ahead. But you were born once in the flesh, but you must be born again. You've got to be born from above. See? And I know if you don't have it, you got questions like I did. Will I know it? Yes, you'll know it. You'll know something happened to you. Amen. If something didn't happen to you, don't quit. Amen. See? He came to his own, his own received not, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name. See, there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. If we trust him with all of our heart. Now, as Romans taught us, now I'm out of time, as Romans taught us, we must become guilty before God. Read my lips. God does not save anybody but sinners. Are you a sinner? Are you a sinner? God will save you. You confess it to him. See, but, God, but, but you've got to do that. You've got to take your place as a sinner. You can't say, now God, I'm a pretty good fella, pretty good lady, and I need to go to heaven. I believe you'll take me when you come because I know you're a good God. That's mostly what's out there. Right. And, and God didn't say that. He said this. 
See? So what the gospel really does to lost people, it convinces us that we're sinners. And, and, and I know some people, when I was under conviction, I, I thought, man, how tough this is. Oh, 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 why am I being, why do I feel like this? Why? But, but since I got saved, thank you, God, for letting me know it. Thank you. Thank you for letting me know it. Because I was like everybody else. I thought I was a pretty good Joe. I thought the world revolved around me. I found out it didn't. For as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that do what now? Listen closely. Believe. Believe on his name. See? He can't just believe he's just Jesus. He's Lord. How come it be Lord, Mr. Pollard? Because he made everything. One reason. Another reason, God ordered it. God ordered it for his son. See, God the Father and God the Son agree. God the Son's got an office work. God the Father's got an office work. The Holy Spirit's got an office work. And they all three agree. And as Brother Bell so aptly said, there's not three gods, just one God, but he's so great, he's got three personalities. See? So I praise him this morning. I thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to me.